0: You. Yeah.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Man Talks podcast. Uh, This is Roger. When I was a kid, I used to be addicted to a TV show called MacGyver. Uh, The show followed secret agent Angus MacGyver, played by Richard Dean Anderson, who worked as a troubleshooter for the fictional Phoenix Foundation in Los Angeles and as an agent for a fictional United States government agency called the Department of External Services. What I loved about MacGyver was that he was so resourceful and he possessed an encyclopedic knowledge of the physical sciences and he solved complex problems by making things out of ordinary objects like chewing gum or rubber bands. And he always just, you know, pulled it all together. Maybe he used a Swiss army knife, but nine times out of 10, he just used his hands. He also was completely nonviolent. He didn't carry a gun. He he just made things happen uh, with his sheer mind. And that's why I'm so excited about today's conversation uh, uh, with, with Lee Zlatov. Lee was the writer and, and creator of MacGyver. He's now taken everything that he's learned from the show and turned it into an incredible book called The MacGyver Secret. What I love about The MacGyver Secret is that it it essentially teaches us all about problem solving, which is something that let's be honest, we deal with on an everyday basis. He teaches us three simple steps to connect with your inner MacGyver and guides us through the science uh, behind it. So I think you're going to get a lot from today's conversation. I had a lot of fun talking to Lee. Thank you so much for listening. Let's bring on Mr. Lee Zlatoff. Hi Lee, welcome to the Man Talks podcast. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thanks for having me, Roger.
1: Before we get started, we always love to ask our guests the same question. Can you share with me a defining moment for you?
0: Defining moment for me? Wow, I guess there were a lot of defining moments for me, but uh, but certainly uh, one of them was uh, was realizing uh, when we were uh, when I was coming up with MacGyver that somehow starting with nothing was actually the best source of uh, creativity. By that I mean, you know. When we were creating MacGyver, Indiana Jones had the whip and the hat and James Bond had all those cool gadgets and the question came up, well, suppose our guy, suppose he's got absolutely nothing. Then what happens? And that's really was the genesis for MacGyver. So sometimes going back to zero is the best place to
1: start. Oh, I love it! And I'm I'm so excited about this conversation because growing up, I was the biggest MacGyver fan. Uh, Richard Dean Anderson was an absolute hero of mine. The show was was one that I watched constantly. And actually, I, I grew up in to, uh, in Vancouver, so MacGyver was filmed for for many years in Vancouver. So I would always see my backyard all over the place. Uh, super excited. Um, so you've created this new book that's called The MacGyver Secret: uh, Connecting Your Inner MacGyver and, so to, and Solve Anything. What's it all about? You know, I'm so excited to bring it all to life.
0: Sure. Well, the MacGyver Secret is simply this: inside of everyone, inside of you, inside of me, literally inside of everyone, there is, in fact, a MacGyver, ready, willing, and able to jump in and help you solve. Any problem, whether it's a technical problem, a creative problem, a professional problem, a personal problem, doesn't really matter. Any kind of problem you have, it turns out you have this amazing inner resource that you can tap into to help you solve that problem, which, believe it or not, is better than the way we're normally taught to solve problems, which is using our, for want of a better term conscious mind or that hamster wheel of thoughts that starts when we wake up in the morning and goes all day long until we finally fall asleep at night. That's the part of the brain we're, we're used, we're taught to use to solve problems. And it turns out that's not really the best part of your mind to solve problems. And the MacGyver secret is one, you have this amazing inner MacGyver resource that you can tap into whenever you want. And two, basically, there are three simple steps that I can teach you to tap into this deeper inner resource. And all it takes, believe it or not, is a pen and a piece of paper. And that's pretty much it. So that's, in essence, what the book is about. The book teaches you how to do it.
1: I'd love to dig into this three-step process because, you know— I, I know I'm not the only one who feels this. As somebody who works in in sort of in a service industry, I'm constantly under pressure to to solve problems and perform. But but my clients are are wanting higher quality, but for less time and less money. So I'm constantly under pressure to come up with with the right idea. So what would be that three step process in the MacGyver secret?
0: It's so simple. It's it's almost laughable. But step one is simply this: write the problem down and It's better to do it, believe it or not, in longhand than it is to type it into a computer or a tablet or a phone. There's science in the book to explain why it's better to write it in longhand. But the bottom line is somehow when you write in longhand, it goes deeper into the neural pathways of your mind and works better than if you type it. It'll still work if you type it, but it works better if you write it in longhand. And so you want to write that problem down. And you can do this in as much or as little detail as you want. You can write two lines. You can write a paragraph. You can write a whole page. You can't overwhelm your inner MacGyver with information. It's simply not possible. So what you want to do is write that problem down in as many different ways as you can think of it or phrase it and just take your time and be as specific as possible. You can ask One question, you can ask 10 questions. Again, you're not going to overwhelm your inner MacGyver with information. It's just too big and too vast to do that. So you write that question down. And then you take a breath and you say to your inner MacGyver, or whatever you choose to call it, you don't have to call it your inner MacGyver. You can call it George or Frank or Shirley or your higher self. You can call it anything you want. But you say to that inner MacGyver slash subconscious, okay, I wrote the problem down. You're going to work on it. I'm going to get out of the way. And when I come back, I expect an answer. And then you put that problem aside and you forget about it. And step two is you go do something else that keeps your hamster wheel conscious mind occupied. So that could be Almost any form of exercise, go for a run, go for a walk, shoot baskets, go for a swim, go for a bike ride. That can be, you know, you can cook, you can clean, you can garden, you can, you know, learn. You can do an adult coloring book. There's literally no shortage of what we call incubation activities, What you're looking for is something that keeps that hamster wheel preoccupied so it's not thinking about the problem. You've let your inner MacGyver work on the problem and you've just gotten out of the way. There's really only four really poor incubation activities that won't work. You can't watch TV, you can't read, you can't play super intense video games. And I'll explain what I mean by that in a second. And you don't want to involve yourself in a lot of conversation, whether it's person to person or over the phone or texting or emails. Those four things will not work as incubation activities. So when I say highly intense video games, I mean like World of Warcraft or Call of Duty. If you want to play Candy Crush or Tetris or Angry Birds or Pokemon Go, those are all fine. Okay. But ones in which you're, subconscious or your inner MacGyver has to create a whole universe for you, which is what happens when you're either watching TV or reading or engaging in a lot of conversation. Those kinds of video games will not work as incubation activities. Otherwise, there's literally no shortage of things you can do. You know, you can take a shower, you can go for a drive. I mean, any of those things will work fine. They just, you just want to keep that hamster wheel of your head, preoccupied so it can't get in the way of your inner MacGyver solving the problem.
1: What are some of the incubation activities that you like to do?
0: So I used to build models. When I developed this method, you know, I was writing for television series and I had to come up with an enormous amount of creative material under very tight deadlines. And the best stuff used to come to me when I was, you know, driving or taking a shower. So Initially, when I'd get jammed up in the office, I'd jump in my car and drive around Hollywood looking for a shower. You know, this was not a particularly efficient method, but, you know, when you're desperate, you do what you
1: need to do. What about a car wash?
0: Yeah, well, okay, a car wash. (laughs) I don't know that that would work, to tell you the truth, but anyway, um, so what I did instead was I put a workbench in my office and a whiteboard. And on the whiteboard, I would write my questions and my answers, and the workbench was to build models. So, you know, build the Empire State Building out of paper. I built every kit they had for a monument around the world. I built the Taj Mahal. I built the Vatican. I built the Brooklyn Bridge. I mean, literally, who needs a Brooklyn Bridge made out of paper? But I built it not because I needed the models, but because the models did the same thing as showering and driving did, which is... It kept my hamster wheel head preoccupied, and it allowed my inner MacGyver to solve the problem. So that's the kind now I tend to do, you know, sort of small remodeling projects around the house. I love to cook, so I cook. Cooking is a great incubation activity. Push comes to shove. If I need to, I'll clean, you know, vacuuming. That works great. So – Anything that's kind of keeps you preoccupied so that you can't think about the problem. So you have to pay attention to what you're doing, but it doesn't really use up a lot of your mental resources. And then step three is after usually a set amount of time, and I generally recommend at least an hour to four hours, so certainly when you're getting started, you come back, you look at that question that you wrote down, you say to your inner MacGyver, okay. What do you got for me? And then you simply start writing anything at all. You can write the Star Spangled Banner. You can write Mary Had a Little Lamb. You can write what you want to have for lunch. You can write why you love your boss or why you hate your boss. Just physically start writing anything. And within 30 to 45 seconds, those answers will start flowing out from inside you Right through the tip of your pen. And you just keep writing until you're convinced you have all the answers to the question. And those are really the three steps. I mean, sometimes you'll get back more questions, and it's okay to turn right around and then ask those again of your inner MacGyver. Um, because if it's asking you questions or it's, if it's giving you back questions, it's going, I need a little more info to kind of focus in on what it is you really want here. But in effect, what you're trying to do, Roger, is establish a working dialogue with your own inner MacGyver. You're trying to start communicating with a part of your mind that, believe it or not, is there 24-7. It never goes to sleep. That's what's dreaming when you fall asleep. And it is always trying to help you. You just don't necessarily know how to connect with it. And using this really simple process you can now basically find a hotline to the most creative aspect inside of you for any problem at all.
1: So, so you, so you're a, you're a writer, but what if I'm, what mm-hmm. if I'm a teacher or I'm, or I'm an engineer mm-hmm. or, or I am a police officer? Like how, how would I use the, the MacGyver secret in, in those sorts of industries that aren't necessarily quote unquote creative?
0: It really doesn't matter what you do. All that matters is Do I have a problem and do I want a better solution to solve that problem? So if you're a teacher and the question is, how am I going to teach these kids this history? Because when I look at it, it just kind of looks boring. So how do I make this particular lesson engaging and exciting for my students? That could be an obvious question. Or a policeman could say to himself, okay, it seems to me that most of the problems I have occur – in domestic violence or in this. So is there a better way for me to approach those things than the way I've been approaching them? Can I get better outcomes if I come at this differently? I've done now literally dozens and dozens of workshops with hundreds of people from all professions and all walks of life. And more often than not, I would say 65 to 75% of the time, the answers people get back surprise them. That is, they say, wow, I never would have thought of that. And you go, well, you did just think of that. But what they're saying is, my conscious mind never would have thought of that. And that's correct. Their conscious mind would not have thought of that because your conscious mind is great at identifying problems and it's great at evaluating the solutions, but it's not really great at coming up with those solutions. So for engineers, this is, I think, A godsend, because you can be looking at the most technical, intense problem and say, how do I crack this? I mean, I don't know how to get past this point or this point. Just write it down. Do something else. Let your inner MacGyver work on it and come back. And I guarantee you, more often than not, you will come up with a breakthrough on demand because the best part of your mind is now working on the problem rather than a part of your mind that is really quite limited.
1: So we've talked a lot about uh, career jobs and, and uh, problem solving through different industries, but what about what about personal problems? What if I am having an issue in a relationship or, or I perhaps have a, something going on between friends?
0: I'm really glad you asked that. So you can use this to solve personal problems, but there's a couple of things you're gonna to have to do for it to work. One is, you're probably gonna to have to ask more than once. Because one of the things your inner MacGyver or subconscious does is it keeps painful experiences away from you. So if there's a lot of emotional baggage around a relationship, let's say, you know, do I want to stay in this relationship? Do I want to end this relationship? Why am I having trouble keeping friendships? Whatever those questions are, you're probably going to have to ask more than once so that your inner MacGyver knows you're really ready to look at those answers. Because as I said, one of its main jobs is to sort of keep painful stuff away from you on a daily basis. You're also going to have to be patient. So it may take a couple of askings and it may take a week. It may take more than a week. But I guarantee you, you will get back the answer you're looking for. So I'll give you a perfect example. I did an online workshop and one of the people involved was a neuroscientist in Europe. And they were having a relationship problem. By the way, when I work with people, I never ask what the problems and the answers are. All we talk about is how is it working for you? And this person said, I've got a serious relationship issue. And I said, well, just ask more than once and then just be patient. And a week after the the online course ended, I got an email from this person who said two weeks to the day from when I asked that question, I was walking down the street and I got hit. With like a bolt out of the blue with what I needed to do with my relationship, and it could not have been clearer. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So I say, well, you don't need to thank me. I mean, you knew what the answer had to be. You just had to give yourself time to see that answer, and you just had to have the patience to know that it was going f- to come. So if you're dealing with intense personal problems, you will in fact get really good answers you just have to ask more than once sometimes, and you have to be patient.
1: So you mentioned you, you're, you're conducting all these workshops. Uh, what are some of the other results that you've seen from, from, the, 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 you know, from the book and from the teachings of the book?
0: Well, for me and for others who have been using this on a regular basis, one of the most empowering results of all of this is that when you realize that you can get the answers that you need whenever you want them, It just starts to eliminate stress from your life in general because, in effect, you go, well, I've got to come up with a solution to this. And then you realize, yeah, but it doesn't have to be me, the ego, I, me. It just has to be that deeper inner MacGyver subconscious part of me. And it always has an answer. And the answers are always really good. So what starts to happen is you begin to kind of relax and all of the stress that we normally associate with our jobs, I got to get this thing done, or how am I going to figure this out, or what am I going to do about this relationship? All that stuff starts to kind of go away because you know, I can get a great answer whenever I need it. And and the answers make sense and they work and they're by the way designed perfectly for me because they're coming from inside of you. I'm not telling people I have the answers to their problems. I'm telling people they have the answers to their problems, and all they have to do is use this very simple system, and they can access that those answers that they need. So one of the great sort of side effects of this is you become a lot more relaxed. You become a lot more confident. You kind of become fearless because you go, well, whatever it is, I know I can get a great answer to it. So there's no reason to be afraid. And that's one of the sort of nicest benefits of people who use this on a regular basis. And it's obviously, it's changed my life entirely. So now when I, you know, when I get a a writing job or some other kind of gig, um, instead of panicking and going, oh my God, what am I going to write? How am I going to do this? I go, well, I know the answers will be there when I need them. So bring it on.
1: Is there there a way, uh, is there sort of a an express version of the MacGyver secret where, you know, I've only got five minutes to come up with the answer. Is, is there some way to compress it so that you can come up with a solution, you know, very, very quickly? Or, or do you have to literally always leave it to uh, a, a little bit more of a longer amount of time?
0: The, the answer to that, the short answer is yes, but that takes practice. So it's like any other skill, Roger, or any other muscle. The more you exercise it, okay, the more you use it, the faster and more responsive it becomes. So you can go to the MacGyverSecret.com website. You can download free. There's a free quick start guide. There's also a free mini video course. So you can try this thing out. You don't have to buy anything. You know, you can just go to the website and try this stuff and see if it works. And then if you feel like buying a book, we're also working on an online, you know, a longer online video course. Great, but really, I just want people to try this, so I can come up with answers in yeah you know, between five and ten minutes. But that's because I've been doing this for you know three plus decades, Roger. It takes practice in order for you to come up with solutions on really tight deadlines like that. If you think the first time you try this, you're going to get an answer in five minutes, it's just not going to work because you haven't developed that dialogue with that inner MacGyver. Okay. So I can't promise you the world. All I can tell you is the more you practice this, the more regularly you use this, the faster those answers will come.
1: And you know, I'm I'm a busy guy and I know a lot of our our listeners are busy people. So if they have a, a whole bunch of problems that they're looking to solve, is it possible to have multiple different problems being worked on at the same time? Or do you need to literally focus on one at a time?
0: No, you can literally write a whole list of problems. If you say, hey, I've got six or seven or 10 things that I need answers to, write them all down. I guarantee you, your inner MacGyver will give you answers to most of them, if not all of them, when you come back. Like I say, you can't overwhelm it with information. It is so vast and powerful. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's almost infinite because. It has amazing processing power that you generally are nowhere near. I'll give you you a perfect example, okay? So uh, there was a cellular uh, scientist named Bruce Lipton who studied brain cells. and, And he theorized that the conscious mind could process 40 bits of information a second, but that the subconscious mind could process 200 million bits of information a second. And then the University of Pennsylvania Medical School did a follow-up study. And they said, well, you know, actually, we think the conscious mind can process 2,000 bits of information a second, but the subconscious mind can process 400 billion bits of information a second, okay? So whether whichever of those metrics you choose to use, even if they're off by a factor of 100, You're still talking about the fact that your subconscious is somewhere between 5,000 and 2 million times faster at processing information than your conscious mind will ever be on its best day. So the question is not why would you use it? The question is why wouldn't you use it?
1: And that's that's crazy considering we only use about 10% of our brain.
0: Well, that is a a fairly persistent myth, and we use more of our brain than we think. That's kind of a misnomer, although there is some truth to it, but basically – Yes, we are not using the resources. We're not using all of the resources that we have available to us. And this is one simple technique for basically getting access to more of those resources because they're there. Mm. And by the way, they want to help. You know, it's like, it's (laughs) it's never going to steer you wrong. It's never going to give you a bum answer. It's never going to tell you to do something that you would never want to do. It's just, it doesn't do that. It's yours.
1: And how much? How much does the you, you know you, you come up with these ideas and and they come to you in the shower and how much of that is is sort of gut feeling of of the of it being the right answer because I I know a lot of times I'll I'll have an answer pop into my head but then I immediately think oh that's probably that's probably wrong or it's probably not the right thing but is there a way of recognizing or being more comfortable with what the right answer looks like? So again, using
0: the MacGyver secret really that gut instinct that you referred to is exactly what I'm talking about. It's that subconscious inner MacGyver part of yourself. And you may think, well, I think the answer is this, but I'm not sure. So you just ask that of your inner MacGyver. And I guarantee if that's the right answer, it'll come back and say, Roger, you were right on, dude, that's the answer, go with it. And it may come back and say, yeah, have you thought about this? Or maybe you want to try that? Or here's another possibility for you, Roger. And you'll go, whoa, wow. Okay. So maybe what I was thinking wasn't necessarily the best answer. So it'll tell you either way, it'll either confirm for you that what you're thinking is the right way to go, or it'll offer other possibilities that you might not have considered
1: you know you were mentioning that ideas come to you when you're in the shower or if you're driving around what do you find to be the best way to capture your ideas and your solutions as they come to you because you know we don't always uh uh, you know we don't always have easy access to something to 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 keep track of what's coming into our heads i know there's famous stories of of comedians you know jerry seinfeld keeps a pad of paper next to his bed and and uh i I know there's reporters that always keep notepads in their pockets but what do you do to capture your your thoughts
0: right well that's why i kind of came up with this method because you know if i was driving or taking a shower it wasn't particularly easy to sort of write those things down and the whole value of this is you get the answers when you ask for them not when they happen to show up okay yeah they will show up when you're driving or taking a shower or doing other activities and you go Okay, now how do I try and remember this or hold on to it? So part of the value of this process is by writing the questions and then writing the the answers as they come to you, it's all there and it's captured. What I do if I get an idea when I'm driving or showering is I just – attach it to the problem. So if I come up with a solution and I go, oh, I was trying to fix this thing, and I couldn't figure out how to do it, suddenly it occurred to me, maybe I needed to take this thing out. So what I do then is I go, okay, the problem was X, and now I have a possible solution. Let me marry those in my mind, and so when I get out of the shower and dry off and have time, I can go back and try that solution to that problem. That's just sort of a mental trick, you know, that's kind of a memory trick, basically, and anybody can use that. The more you want to try and remember something, the kind of, the more outlandish you make that connection so that it's easy to call back on. So for instance, you can use napping or sleeping as your incubation activity to solve problems. The tricky part with that, as you just pointed out, is how do you make sure you hold on to the answers? Because you can come up with a great answer in your sleep and then you wake up and you go, oh man, I knew I had the answer and it's gone. So in those situations, you could still use the MacGyver secret exactly as I described. You just have to say to your inner MacGyver, make sure you remember the answer for me when you come up for it. So it's not enough just to give me the answer, you have to help me remember it because I may be sleeping when you come back to me with the answer, or I may not necessarily have something, you know, immediately handy. But if you do that, then yes, I suggest you either write the question right before you take your nap or you go to sleep at night and you keep that notebook and pen on your night table so that as soon as you wake up, you can just start writing and capture those answers quickly before they disappear.
1: Very cool. Uh, Lee, you know, we got to start wrapping up soon. But before we go, I wanted to ask you a series of fun, rapid fire questions. And I'm wondering if you'd be up for that. Go for it. Perfect. So first question, what is your favorite part about being a man? Wow. Um, Reaching across to figure out what
0: it is that's going on in women. I mean, (laughs) I love women. I have, I, I mean, they're fascinating, they're totally different than we are, and yet they seem to share a lot of the same things that we do. But, you know, that what was that book? Men are from Mars and women are from Venus or whatever it is. So you go, okay, I think I have a handle on what happens on planet man. What goes on on planet woman? So one of the favorite things to me about being a man is trying to figure out what's going on in the other half.
1: Love it. Love it. And and what is the biggest challenge about being a man? I, I feel like it's probably going to be the same thing.
0: <laughs> <sighs> I think it's the biggest challenge about being a human, which is finding that balance. The balance between what's inside and what's outside, what's works for you and what works for the rest of the world. You know, doing what you need to do to be successful in your work, but not to the point where you really don't have a life, uh, whether it's personal or a love relationship or with your kids. I think to me, the biggest challenge of being a man, if not being a person, is looking for that balance because it's so easy, particularly in our world to get way out of balance. And it can be very difficult to get back from that imbalanced place. And consequently, you know, we can get lost or we can lose things that at the end of the day turn out to be really important to us. So what good is it to really, you know, kick ass at your job if you wake up one day and your family is gone because you never paid enough time and attention to them? You go, okay, did I win or did I lose? So to me, I think the biggest challenge is looking for that balance and trying to stay on that line. You're never gonna stay in the center all the time, but if you're kinda, you know, if you're kinda just aware of where is the balance today, where is the balance this week, where is the balance this month, chances are you'll find a good spot.
1: Mm, Love that. Great answer. In your opinion, who is the most influential person of all time?
0: Wow. Yowza. Man, there are so many influential people of all time. Golly. Well, okay, I'm going to give you a surprising answer. I think the most influential person of all time is Homer. And the reason I think that person is Homer is because I believe human beings are what I call a narrative species. That is, everything we do, everything we buy, everything we think about, is really a story. We're a story-based species. Every other species has a form of communication. Hell, even plants know how to communicate with each other, apparently. But as far as we know, no other species tells stories. We're the only ones that tell stories. And in that case, if you recognize that, then Homer, who was really in many ways the first poet, singer, storyteller, who went... My job is to tell you guys a story that I think was probably the most influential person in the world.
1: Love it. Leah. what is something that everyone should experience at least once? I think
0: at least once, everyone should experience the true personal freedom that we have. Now, it doesn't matter what your particular circumstances are. You could be rich. You could be poor. You could be white. You could be black. You can have physical limitations. You can have mental limitations. The fact is, we are all capable of, as humans, of rising above all that, sticking our heads out of the particularities of our specific circumstances and saying, yeah, I'm a human. I can look past any limitation, any restriction, and just see the world as a clear-eyed human being. And understand what's there and what's available to me. And I really wish for everybody, if they could, to have at least one moment in their life when they went, it's not about where I came from, it's not about what I have or what I don't have, it's not about who I know, who I don't know. It's just about the fact that I am free for however few seconds or moments or days from all those particular things, And I can just see the world as a free entity that Mm. I would wish on everyone. And certainly one of the reasons I'm coming out with the MacGyver secret is because this is a simple and easy pathway to kind of get to that place. For me, I'm offering it mostly because it's just a great way to solve problems. But if you can solve problems and you know you can solve problems for yourself, then it's pretty – then it's not a a big step to that place if you go – What is it I'm really looking for? What is it I really want from my life and from the world? And how is it that I can get that without necessarily trampling on the rest of the world to to be there?
1: Mm, Beautiful. Love that. Uh, Lee, what do you want your lasting legacy to be?
0: Wow. Well... I have a feeling it's going to be MacGyver whether I want it to be or not because <laughs> that's up to everybody else. That's not up to me, you know, so I'm OK with that. Look, MacGyver, he didn't use a gun. So on some level, it's about avoid conflict because conflict is just probably going to lead to more conflict. And right now, even if you win the conflict, the house is still on fire to that ingenuity, that resourcefulness that creativity, or how do you turn what you have into what you need? Because whether you're an individual, a community, a country, or a globe, that's something we're all going to have to do more. And finally, MacGyver always had this sense of humor and humility, no matter how life-threatening the situation was. And you know what? Those are really good things to have because it turns out a laughing and open mind is more likely to come up with a good solution than a frightened and closed mind. So, yeah, avoid conflict, figure out how to turn what you have into what you need, and above all, try and maintain a sense of humor and humility because we're all in this together, folks, you know, and I know it sometimes it feels like it's every man for himself, but you know what? That's not the truth. The truth is if we don't all work together, there's not going to be any of us left. There you go. Very
1: cool. Guys out there, uh, go pick up Lee's book, The MacGyver Secret. Connect to your inner MacGyver and solve anything. Uh, Lee, what's the best way that listeners can get a hold of you, learn more about you, uh, and where can they pick up the book? So
0: you can pick up the book at uh, the MacGyverSecret.com website, and there's a way to get a hold of me there. You can also buy the book on Amazon. There's a Kindle version. Um So, uh, at some point there will be an audio version, but we're not there yet. So, um, either Amazon or, uh, or the MacGyverSecret.com website and any of the, there are a couple of info pages there. If you have any questions, just send them in and we'll do our best to answer them for
1: you. Awesome. Uh, Lee, thank you so much for joining us. And guys, thank you so much for listening to the Man Talks podcast. Catch us next week for another interview as we build better men through conversation, connection, and community together. No